Have you, the other thing is, have you? I don't know if this is just me, but I don't tend to see Winstrel that often being something else. Yeah. Yeah, versus say, like, if you're going to try to get some good Anivar for your prep, mm, you're taking yeah, more of a that, risk, right? Yeah, yeah. for some reason, Winstrel generally seems to be what it's supposed to be. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the Drugs and Stuff podcast today. Dave and I are going to talk all about Winstrel. Made famous by Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson, Winstrel is probably the most popular oral cutting steroid out there. We talk about dosing for men, dosing for women, duration of use, timing, uh, we talk about some of the side effects, though. We didn't mention that it's super liver toxic, as are all oral steroids. I guess we just assume you knew that part. But if you haven't used it, then definitely do a lot more research than just watching one podcast. After that, we tackle your listener questions. If you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below. We'll try to tackle your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost our programming in the algorithm. And if you are new here, then welcome. Let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. This show comes out every Monday. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring education and entertainment from IP pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love, stay safer in the process, and you know, get you through your work day or your cardio or whatever else you're doing. This week for listener questions, we're asked, what should I use for my first cutting cycle? With Anivar, should he take 24 milligrams for eight weeks or 48 milligrams for four weeks? Minimum gear used to maintain muscle on the cut, plus a bunch more. Guys, I've got timestamps below if you want to skip around. Let's get to the program. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you guys, the people of Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting the programming. We're also brought to you by EvalBloodAnalysis.com. You get your lab work done by Dave in the UK. Of course, our title sponsor is TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians. Great deals that change week to week. And if you're in the UK, you can get some great health and performance supplements from Strom Sports Nutrition. Dave, welcome back to your program. Thank you. It's good to be back. Okay, even though you did try replacing me with Steve, you horrible bastard. We tried to. We tried to, but the people didn't want that. In fact, we got comments. Uh, let me see. Where was that one comment? Somebody actually said, we had a bunch of stuff like this. Look at this. This is from Chris. He says, Dave is dearly missed. Hope the old boy is recovering swiftly and fully. It can be back to being a charming fellow we love on drugs and stuff. Dave and Scott really are the show. This is confirmed. Uh, get well soon, Dave. I do want to say, though, thank you to Steve for jumping in. We actually have another no. episode recorded it uh, already. We just didn't need to put it out yet. So that'll be coming out in the future. That was very nice. Oh, of so, you. you know, he literally so went out of his way. You, you were preparing for me to be proper dead then, the way you just just making a few a few episodes up front there. I yeah, get a, okay. get a bunch of them rolling, you know, uh, drugs and stuff. Season shoot. two. Yeah, Vigor dead man shoes and all that shit. The vigorous Steve. <laughs> crew yes no thank you steve it is appreciated but i am still alive yes I and crankier alive. than ever guys he's been giving me crap for the last 15 minutes while we've been setting the show up so i'm I, poor I leave me alone <laughs> all right so guys today cold 
We are going to do a bunch of stuff. Um, we are going to talk about Winstrel. Somebody had actually asked. They said, hey, can you guys do a profile on Winstrel? That's my favorite compound. Of course, we have all your listener questions. If you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below. Of course, we'll take your questions in the future. Uh, and if you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of entertainment and education. This show comes out every Monday. Things are going to be a little choppy, though, for a couple of weeks here because I'm going to the Olympia. You're going to uh, Jamaica, and we record everything a week in advance. So by the time you guys see this, that'll have already happened. The Olympia's over. Big Rami won. Woohoo! It happened again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not your prediction. Man, I mean, he's, he's going to be hard to beat if he comes in at his ultimate best. You suck! You know, but that said, I'm excited just to be there. Uh, Dave got sick, too. He, he caught a bug. I've, I've, I've got cold, yeah. Is it the lurgy? Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's the lurgy. You got the lurgy. Yeah. That's that's British talk right there, guys. I see. I, Dave's rubbed off on me. I know the I know the language of his people. So anyway, the language of my people. <laughs> and I'm drinking some Yorkshire tea here today. Well, you're it's not really because you're not you're not drinking it. With, oh, you funny. You're not drinking it with Yorkshire water, are you? So it's not Yorkshire tea unless it's made with Yorkshire water. Water, not made water. with Yorkshire so it's, water. It's, so it's only half Yorkshire tea. Oh, and also, guys, welcome back to the show. Christmas Cabbage, who is back back home with Dave, getting ready for his big trip to Jamaica. Yes, so. he is going as well. Oh, yeah, Cabbage. Good. Do you think he could stop by the Olympia for a day, you know, on the way, something like that? Maybe, because I'm going to do a meet and greet at the Mutant booth. In right, hang on a minute. Where is the Olympia? Which city? It is in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be right down on the strip this year. Yeah, yeah it's a bit far. I think well, Florida is not too far, is it? But yeah, I mean, Vegas we got the Patreon far. money. We could fly him out, you know. Well, I was you guys just think- thinking about sticking him in an envelope or something. <sighs> he does not travel in envelopes. He travels business class or better. That's it. He does travel in envelopes. He does. He squashes quite flat. Look, oh, quite- oh, no. Wait, did he just say something? <laughs> I think he said something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we should get to the show. Um, we're going to tackle all your listener questions, like I said. But to start out, we're going to talk about Winstrom, one of the most popular cutting steroids, one of the most popular oral cutting steroids. And it's pretty old school, too. Um, I think it was known as being an injectable before an oral. Is that, Does that sound right? I, I don't know the history on that. Yeah, I think it did. It, it definitely medically was available as both. Whether it became an inject, it was an injection before oral or what, I'm not sure. But it, it was definitely medically available as both. Okay, I've never done injectable Winstrel. It used to be you'd get it in that nasty, like milk-looking, water-based compound. And people, it was known for because water-based steroids are highly known for yeah. infections and painful shots. I, I never wanted to mess with that. And from what I understood. You could get mostly the same effect by using it orally and not having to deal with daily injections of a painful compound. It, it's yeah, it's it's weird as an oral as well because it it's actually some of its prescription history is to increase appetite. Really? Huh. Mm. Now we we refer we generally think of oral steroids as being sort of suppressive of appetite, but yeah. Winstrel has has actually a track record of improving appetite. I never heard that. Yeah, you see these little bits. You see. I mean, I've like I've known it mainly as in oral use, 
And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, where would we use this? I would say this is a steroid that's going to be relegated to contest prep. And the way I've seen it used in the last, you know, 15 years of being around competitive bodybuilding is, you know, toward the end of the cycle, you know, uh, a lot of times we used to always hear the old school ideas of kickstarting your cycle, you know, with an oral. But to me, why would you kickstart if you're going to kickstart at all? Why would you kickstart a cycle with that icing on the cake kind of finishing compound, you know, when you haven't even finished dieting down yet? So to me, it's the last four weeks of, of a prep, depending on what else you're using. Maybe the last six weeks. I have seen it used for the last eight weeks. And I've even at one time did that myself with a taper Start, you know, I didn't use other DHTs. I started low and I worked my way up over an eight week period of time. And I actually had a really good benefit from it too. It was a nice effect. That said, um, I am not a fan of running it for more than four weeks anymore nowadays. And I wouldn't suggest anybody else did either. I'd rather lean into yeah. something else like master on for a longer term DHT type. It's, it's popular in other sports. So it's a popular oh, yeah. little drug for like boxing and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, most people, I think, with with uh, Winnie, they're, they're looking the last two or three weeks pre stage sort of thing. Um, it's, it, um, but I say it's got a lot of popularity within boxing. See, so it turn up quite often in stuff like boxing. Um, it's also very effective at lowering SHBG. It, oh. it really binds stress SHBG. So to not maybe lower it, but bind to it, bind it up is what you're saying, or or you're well, basically uh, th three 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 days of SHBG use. Sorry, three days of Winstrel use is shown to lower SHBG by forty odd percent. Oh, okay, wow. Hmm. Mm. All right. Here I mean, all go. gear lowers SHBG anyway, so it, it's not something I would be particularly choosing the drug for, but it's just one of those weird little things that it does. Yeah. I wonder if it, the, the popularity has to do with availability, because I feel like as far as availability has gone historically, like Winstrel is probably one of the first compounds I would ever have been able to get my hands on. Even as a kid, that was a compound that was floating around like that and D-ball both. Have you, the other thing is, have you? I don't know if this is just me, but I don't tend to see Winstrel that often being something else. Yeah. Yeah, versus say like if you're going to try to get some good anivar for your prep, mm, you're taking yeah, more of a risk, right? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, winstrel generally seems to be what it's supposed to be. I don't know if there's any reasoning behind that. If it's, I'm not sure on the raw price on it, so I don't know if it's a particularly expensive or not an expensive raw. But it does seem to be something that's always been readily available and never had a problem from a supply point of view. A lot of our listeners, for some reason know the cost of raws so i'm sure somebody's gonna <laughs> chime in and let us know if it's an i have a feeling it's not i feel i feel like you're probably right it's not an expensive compound um yeah so with the availability you know i i'll tell you what so dosing wise i would say if you were doing a contest prep it was your icing on the cake really i think 50 milligrams is enough to get a mm -hmm. to elicit a good effect in my experience it takes about three weeks would be I wouldn't want to use it for less than that. I think you could get like benefits from it, say the last two weeks of a show. But I would say for me personally, from what I've seen, I wouldn't use it for less than three weeks. I feel like 
at that level of time, you've had enough time for it to really give a strong effect, a strong visual effect, that is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and anywhere beyond that, like four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, I don't see a ton of additional benefit. It does get maybe a little bit better, but really three weeks, I'd say, would be the minimum. Six weeks for me and the people that I've worked with would be the max. Yeah, I'm 40, 60 meg, three to four weeks sort of range with it. I, I I will run it as low as two. A lot of it depends on the individual as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. If, yeah, I'm trying if, to speak if, generally, if, you know. Yeah, I mean, if someone's super, super tight, then you'll you'll see an impact off two weeks quite well. But if they're, if they're not quite as tight as you want them, then you probably need to run it a little bit longer. I would rather to err on that side of making sure we're getting enough out of it, you know, but mm -hmm. at that said, like if we had enough winstrol for two weeks and that was it, I don't think it would be a waste, you know, by no. any means. So. Yeah, no, no. Oh, excuse me. This is the last thing Dave's doing before his vacation, guys. He's actually stopping life to hang out with us. Well, no, it's, yeah. Um, you know, when you know you're going away, you sort of get into holiday mode, don't you? And then everything becomes hard work because you just really don't want to fucking do it. Um, I'm not saying that about the podcast, by the way, just him. Did you guys hear and that? He's, he's fucking hard work. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, this is, this is technically the last thing I'm doing in the office today. Then I'm shutting the office down. So Winstrel, another compound that is also used by females, Mm -hmm. Though I do think you you are taking more risks than say with Anivar. It's definitely I, a I, step toward potential of more side effects, I think, in a lot of cases compared to Anivar. I, I think the antiprogestenic action of Winstrol is more impacting in a female. Um okay. uh, I, men seem to tolerate progesterone fluctuation quite well. Um within reason. Uh, and and we will generally bounce between 0.5 and 1 quite freely even upper limit is 0.5 for anyone that was wondering um whereas i think that impact in females is is much more marked i think females are much more sensitive to, to fluctuation in progesterone and as a result they tend to run a little bit more sides off the drug than, than but then that's i suppose really you could say that's the argument of of all anabolics that men are much more resistant to the side effects than females are yeah but it, it is definitely, I mean, within a female, it's impacting as low as 5, 10 milligram. Um, yeah. And I would say that's a pretty standard dose, too, would be yeah. 5 milligrams. It would be on the lower end, but you'd be on the safe side, especially if you never, if you're a female and you never used Winstrel before. I would say 5 would be plenty to dip your toes in and see what you think about it. I mean, it's, I, not, it's not a drug I would supplant for Anavar, though. Uh, I think absolutely. some females look at it and think, oh, well, you know, instead of running Anavar for, say, eight weeks, I'll, I'll run Winstrel. That would definitely not be a way I'd advise to go. Like, same with males. Keep it to the last few weeks. Keep it in there. But beyond that, I wouldn't run cycles based around Winstrel for a fever. I remember um, listening to a group of females talk about their experience with uh, Winstrel. And they, they had said in their experience, they had seen more voice changes, more like thickening of the vocal cords with Winstrel than with Anavar, you know, and I think that that is, that is pretty common and that's one you got to look out for. Yeah. And I, I do think that, 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 that sort of stuff is heightened by the fact that it lowers progesterone so effectively. Hmm. Um, I think you've got the DAT, DHT action of the drug, and then you've also got the fact that the progesterone levels have dropped. So you don't have that softening 
that you would maintain if progesterone levels were kept at a decent level. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what's interesting? I remember. <coughs> I could. I should have muted Dave at that cough. Mm. I actually have control. I can stop his sound. Watch this, guys. Now Dave can't. Wait. There we go. Say something, Dave. He won't play along. Son of a bitch. All right. Never mind. I could. I, I could, am not. I am not your pet monkey. You're what? No, you mute. <laughs> Come on, Dave. You love me. Be honest. When you had your heart attack, you were thinking, "Oh my God, I might never speak to Scott again." That was the first thing that went through your head. You don't have to be ashamed you know, about it. Strangely, no. <laughs> strangely, that thought didn't enter my head once. That is some good tea. That is some good tea. Um, I'll, I'll mention one more thing. Um, so somebody recently said um, Dave Palumbo debunked um, Winstrel causing joint stiffness. He said it doesn't exist. It does the exact same thing as every other DHT. Now, that said, I will tell you firsthand that Winstrel is the only steroid that I noticed nasty, nasty joint stiffness. I mean, everything, elbows, wrists, knees, ankles. Um, if I run it, if I've run it past that eight week mark, which I did once, um, I did notice that that would be the issue. And I've never noticed that in my experience or the people I've worked with, with something like Masteron. I've never noticed it with Anivar, never noticed it with Primabolin. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was funny because the guy was like, he debunked it. You know, there was like science to say there's no reason for this. And then in Dave's opinion, you know, and I'm not knocking Dave because I've learned a lot of stuff from Dave over the years and he's been a great educator. But I don't know if I agree with that one just based off of my personal experience with it. So my understanding um, and I freely put my hand up that I might be wrong here, but my understanding is that that Winstrel has an anti-progesterone action. So it lowers progesterone. Uh, progesterone is used to create a natural anti-inflammatory that helps maintain joint care. Okay. So when we lower progesterone because of Winstrel, we lower the production of this anti-inflammatory. And as a result, we start to get inflammation in the joints. And that's why we get joint pain. Okay. Fair enough. Is there anything else we should mention about uh, Winnie, as the kids call it? <clears throat> As the kids call it. Yeah, the youngsters out there. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's... I think it's a drug that that gets overlooked, but at the same time, I think it's a drug that really only comes into its own sort of pre-show. Yeah. I will say it's, it's exceptionally <laughs> harsh, uh, in my experience, <coughs> on um, cholesterol. <coughs> yeah, like yeah, on both. They eat it, it lowers HDL and it increases LDL. Okay, yeah. So it, it's a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. So I, and that's another good reason to consider using it for a shorter period of time. We did get a question. We had a bunch of questions, of course. We had a question that kind of related to this. Um, because he asked, here it is. I'll bring this up. We'll jump into the listener questions. Like I said, guys, if you have any questions, feel free to comment. Uh, I can't promise you we're going to record this show next week because I'll be gone. Dave will be gone. But we will be back. And when we are, we will tackle these questions. Um, 
I think Winstrel could come up in this conversation. He says, hey, guys, do you, what do you recommend for first beginner cutting cycle? Doing a show next year, food and training is on point, 40 years old. Currently bulking, first cycle, 12 weeks, 375 test sip, 200 NPP weekly, 25 VAR a day for the last four weeks. Previous usage, TRT for two years, 160 milligrams a week of test sip. See where I'm going there? Because I feel like Winstrel could be a part of that, possibly. Mm -hmm. I would I would drop the MPP and put Mastor Primo in, personally. For an off-season? No, he says that's comp prep. He's using that. He's, in, he's currently doing his first cycle, and he's doing a bulk cycle. But he's thinking ahead, like every good drug user does, fantasizing about what that cut cycle is going to look like. And he's probably putting a couple dollars away as we speak to save up for that contest prep. So he's thinking, what compounds should I use down the road when I do my first contest prep cycle? If, if, so what he's listed is his off season. It's not his, his prep. Sorry, Correct. I thought that was his prep. Yeah. My mistake. I apologize. Sorry, Dave. We know you're, you're a little tired today and you've had some issues. We understand. Oh. We'll forgive you. Forgive you. Um, I, I, I've, yeah, I mean, test mass, bit of Anavar or a bit of Winnie back end, I think would be would perfectly adequate for a, a first comp prep. I'm not a big use loads of anabolics going into comp guy. Um, you need enough to sustain some muscle mass, granted. Um, you want to be running your estrogen on the lower end to aid with your fat loss, but I, I would more lean towards my diet, my cardio, my fat loss agents for fat loss. Yeah, and just have a decent anabolic level that's going to maintain recovery and 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 obviously mass and strength. Um, I mean, technically you can diet on Decker if you everything's running right, but um, I think I think the easiest approach to a cut would be test base, Mast or Primo, or even both, depending on where you are with your cyclic experience. And then last three four weeks, either Anavar or Winstrel or something of that nature would be a perfect combo from a point of view of the anabolics. And then obviously whatever you need, fat loss agent would be a secondary protocol that would run alongside that. For sure. Yeah, I, I can't dispute that. I could see if I were to use Winstrel, I could see just using test because that's going to be plenty to maintain where he's at right now muscle-wise. Like you said, focus on the dieting down, and, and I would consider that to be other elements. Maybe he's using some other supplements there, meaning, meaning possibly a little Clen or a little ECA. I don't know, but we're not even getting into that conversation. Just the anabolics alone test. And then if he wanted to, he could just do like six weeks of Winstrel at the end. Um, maybe 50 milligrams for that last six weeks. Or maybe eight weeks of a Masteron anethate. That would be a, a good a good run too. He could do like 350 test and 300 mast. And I think that would be that would be great. Yeah, you know? I agree. And like I say, I'd probably just drop a bit of oral in at the end. I think also if he's inexperienced, I'd be tempted to drop injectables a couple of weeks out just for the simple reason of the potential risk of lumps and bumps and swellings. I know it's not that popular in the States, um, but I must admit, when I do judge, you do see a lot of sight lumps, and, and it does fuck a physique up. When you know what it is... Like you see it and you know what it yeah, is. Yeah, and I'm not know? talking like proper <clears throat> swellings. You can just tell where someone's injected into a delt. The shape's just not quite right. Yeah. And it does it does spoil the physique. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, I could see, you know, I think 
if things were going well, I'd be okay with cutting the injections out like a week out from the show. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'd be concerned though, if I'm looking good, if my guys weren't looking good, I don't want to change too much either. Cause you know, I don't want those hormones to be too low at the end, but I definitely, you know what I don't like anymore. I don't like uh, master on propanate and I don't ever switch to test uh, propanate either because of that frequency, the logistics, the amount of oil you're putting in and the likelihood of getting a bad shot is going to go up when you're doubling mm -hmm. the amount of times you're taking injections, you know? No. Yeah. Um, I don't, I like say a lot of it depends on the individual as well and how much oil they're trying to get in because I mean, this is the other problem. You know, if you're running a high cycle into a show, yeah, then you've, you're going to be using lots of sites. Uh, and like you said, every time you inject, you run the risk of there being a problem. And I'm, I'm not talking like abscess problem or infection problem, but just, just the swelling can, can really fuck a physique on stage. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> Man, I've been getting a lot of questions like this lately on the show. These are questions that we can't directly answer. We've had people who are like, hey, come on, tell me, where do you get some good shit? And I, I, you know, I, I've told people directly, like, listen, that's things we can't talk about. Um, and furthermore, by putting yourself out there in the public like that, you're opening yourself up to have scammers reach out and, you know, they might even call you brother or bro. Hey, bro, I'll hook you up. I got a good deal for you. You know, your, lo your local neighborhood drug dealer, I'm sure will satisfy your needs. So, yeah, he's but this guy, one of the people he says with so many underground labs out there. Who do we trust? Um, Scott been scammed twice already, sent money on Cash App, never got nothing, and then ghosted. This sucks. Help me out. I right. Mean, what can so, we tell him here? Yeah, I would say there are a few pointers. <clears throat> um, I personally would be very reluctant to use anything that's web-based. Um, that's not to say that you can't communicate with somebody through a web chat or whatever it may be. But a faceless website gives you no avenue to pursue if anything goes wrong. That's why scammers use websites because it's a stop point. You know, it's like, well, they can't get to me. I've got this barrier, which is a website stopping them from actually finding me. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of websites, though there are some out there that have proven to be decent over the years. I think you really need to go through recommendations. So you need to go to a seller that you know somebody has used, that you know has a reputation for being reliable. Um, and it, it is really, unfortunately, a case of talking to friends or associates and saying, right, you know, where would you get your gear from? What do you use? And, and getting a feel for what people are claiming is good stuff out there. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't have the experience to really comment on whether the, the gear they're using is good. In fact, I had to inform someone earlier on today that the gear they're using is a bag of shit. It's supposed oh. to be, you know, he's been told it's the best lab out there. It's X, Y, Z. I said, well, it may be the best lab out there, but that vial you've got is a bag of shit. Yeah. Uh, and even the best lab in the world have off days. You know, this is a black market drug. Um, he's not 
Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course, you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high quality, well-priced on-cycle support stack. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. There we are. So you're saying going on recommendations. Mm, I think that's the only way you can go. And I wouldn't, I'd be wary of going on recommendations where somebody recommends themselves. I would more, you know, speak to several people. And if they're all saying, yeah, so-and-so's good, then you've got much more faith in the fact that that person's going to deliver what you want and, and at a price you want. Yeah, uh, and I really think that's the only way you can do it. It, it. Is is just you know speak to a number of people and see where they point you. Yeah, yeah, and and part of that is means being involved in the community for a while. You know, to yeah develop that network of people. Um, so I I think a lot of people go through what he's gone through here. You know, um, trying to find something and not ending up with what he wanted. I think everybody who's been in bodybuilding got scammed at one time or another. You know, what? I don't think I ever have, except for Dave. Dave, no, got- I don't. I don't think that's anything special. I think I was just very lucky because, you know, my early cycles, I was introduced to top end suppliers, so I, I never really had an issue there. But I was lucky. Um, I just happened to to be in the right place at the right time with the right people around me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've I've obviously bought stuff that probably isn't amazing over the years. But when you actually think about it, you know, apart from my first very long cycle, I've only ever done five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that. They were long. Some long five cycles. So. First one was first one was four years, but I mean the other ones were all fairly regular. Um, but my first cycle, I was supplied by uh, a guy called Ken Brooks, who um, used to supply Dorian and everybody. Did you just blast Ken Brooks on the podcast? Is that what you said? I didn't blast him at all. He got done for it. He went to prison for it. Oh, he did he? Oh, it's no fucking secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what else we have here, because uh, we do have a bunch more. All right, what's going on? <coughs> Get through this stuff, then Dave can go on his holiday. Um, Jay Duffy, what does he say here? Hey, guys, been listening for a while. Love the show. I've been on prescribed test for a while now, and I'm going to add Anivar in the next month or two. Uh, with the price of it, it's pharma. I only have a month's worth of 48.5 milligrams. 
Uh, would it be better going 48.5 a day for a month or 24 milligrams a day for two months? I worry that 24 milligrams won't be enough. A lot of this really, it's, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, 24 milligrams, you really are at the fucking real bare minimum of what would be classed as an effective dose, I would say personally. And I think you're only really going to see benefit from that if everything is super, super tight. Um, what about if you've never done anything before in your life? Would that have any... I don't think it'll have a huge, because, I mean, he's got a TRT base anyway. Um, I don't think it's going to be hugely impacting. Um <sighs> Hmm. I suppose a lot would depend on how his TRTs run. If his TRTs run top end, plusy, liberally, shall we say? Yeah. Then I don't think he'll get much out of twenty four. If his TRTs been super super keen and tight, and he's well within range, then you might see something from him. But I, to be honest, I'd be tempted to go in. You know what? I'd actually go middle of the road with it. Do six weeks at like thirty yeah. whatever? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd be tempted to go there. I, I feel like you could get a good performance boost from it. You could have a heck of a lot of fun for two months in the gym, getting stronger, you know, feeling all those effects. Is it going to be a huge mass gainer? Absolutely not. But then again, four weeks at 50 milligrams is not going to be a huge mass gainer either, you know? No, that's why I, 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 I like the thought of going in between at six. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Um, or you could just get some more Anivar. There's, there's that. There's always most that. of the car. It's expensive, so well, maybe get some less expensive Anivar from Ken Brooks. So just go go thirty seven milligrams for six weeks. There we go. What's Ken's number? Let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! Ken's not doing that anymore, guys. He already did his time. I don't know who Ken is, honestly. But anyway, that's a good question, though. You know. I do think there's a there's a there's a factor of duration that is important. Um, you know, sometimes you hear people talk about how amazing Superdrawl is, but how much muscle can you really gain in you know three four weeks or you know you know uh, we'll say like oxy. I think I, I think there is a there is a thing as well here in that certain compounds Superdrawl being one of them. <laughs> you'll see a very big visual impact quite quickly from Superdrawl because you're going to be so much fuller. Sure. That isn't necessarily going to be muscular growth, but you're going to be full, you're going to look full, and therefore you're going to look bigger. And I think that's where sometimes people get a little bit confused because they say, oh, Superdrawl's amazing. I put low. No, you filled out. That wasn't muscular size you were gaining. That was fullness. Yeah. Um, and so obviously the more experience you get, the more you learn to differentiate between what is something like the fullness of Oxe uh, against what is actual muscular growth from the effects of the compounds you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, you just think that you gained a lot of muscle and then lost a lot of muscle, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. How about this one? Ryan's got an interesting question for us. He says, um, if someone had a poor response to six weeks of test, estrogen through the roof, they only felt normal six months later, what would be the best next cycle? 
Well, it doesn't matter what your next cycle is. You didn't run your first one very well. Otherwise, your estrogen wouldn't have been through the fucking roof. So it's not what drugs you're picking. It's learning to run them correctly is what you need to do. Um, mm. So I would be tempted to hand over to a coach on that front. Yeah. Um, because if you've run a test-only cycle and you fail to manage estrogen, which you have said you have, then your understanding of management of the compounds is lacking. Uh, and I'm sorry, I know it sounds harsh, and I'm not trying to be a cunt with it all, but at the end of the day, you even need to learn how the compounds react so you know how to manage them, or you need to get someone in to help you. Yeah. There are rare people that just have a terrible response. I've seen a there small are, handful. Small they're handful. rare. They're rare. Yeah. They are rare. And, and I mean, this the people go on about being low responders or non-responders. If you're a non-responder, you're not going to develop as a human being. Well, I don't know. I, I think that it depends. I, I, I think you could still you. I think I told you about a, a person I worked with um, who was born both a male and a female, and mm-hmm. she, her body required high test. In certain mm-hmm. aspects of her body responded really well. Like she was able to grow great muscle. At the same time, though, she wasn't affected by like excessive facial hair growth and other mm-hmm. virilizing characteristics. So I think it depends when we say poor responder. It, yeah, I, I agree with you though. The the num I'll t- I'll say this. I think the number of poor responders is far fewer than people think. You know what I mean? Very small. Yeah, very small. And there's wonder. so many, there's so many factors as well. You know, very, you know. Well, yeah, I train hard. Well, do you? I've, you know, that's your opinion. Have you had that assessed by somebody who's impartial? Yeah. Oh, my diet's great. Yeah, but is it? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. You know, so there's all these factors that need looking at. But at the end of the day, if you've had a shitty experience with just a test-only cycle, which is the simplest of cycles to manage. Yeah, I wonder what his dose was too then I think you really need to, to to possibly, at this stage, bring some help in, use them to help you plan your cycles, but then learn from them as well so that you, you move forward learning how the cycles affect you and how to manage them much more effectively. Yeah, in mild doses, you know. Mm. Somebody, if you had a lot of problems with 500 milligrams of test, then why don't we cut a couple hundred milligrams off that next time just to be safe, you know, less the, the lower the dose the less risk there's going to be of dealing with those same side effects, the easier it'll be to control. I think yep. the most optimal cycle is a cycle you can get through successfully, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, are yeah, you going to do better with 500? You know, you can do better with 500 to do better with two grams. But, you know, if you end up screwing yourself up and that sets you back, then you end up, you know, you would have been better off with the 300 milligrams, I guess is what I'm thinking. What else do we have here, Dave? Oh, I had that I comment know. about you being. We got several comments about you being dearly missed. <coughs> I, I must have, I, please and um, thank you, everybody. I do appreciate the well wishes and the concern. It, it was genuinely appreciated. Um, so thank you very much for everybody that did message and comment. But I am, I am good. And and now stop because it makes him uncomfortable when people love Dave. He's not used to being loved. <laughs> Uh, the only compounds I've taken, I've got a couple more here. 
our 250 test and the occasional 50 milligrams of anadrol pre-workout, I'm thinking about running my first two injectable compound cycle. Was thinking about maybe something like 400 test and 200 mast, or maybe test and DECA. Uh, what advice do y'all have on choosing a new compound um, to try? And what dose would you start? Love the show. It's seriously the first thing I look for on Monday mornings. Happy holidays to you both. Thanks, Hunter. And sorry I don't get the show out till the afternoon sometimes. I do my best. I, I think both your suggestions are perfectly viable, either a test master or a test decker cycle. I would be a little bit careful. If you've only ever run 250 mega test, then mm. um, 400 is, is, is quite a substantial jump. So don't just remember you're not only adding a secondary compound, you're also massively increasing the dose that you've previously experienced. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. A test and mass cycle, fine. A test and decker cycle, fine. Or you could just run a test cycle at four to 500. You know how you react with the compound. Bring that dose up, run the higher dose test only. And then once you've learned how you react to that, then you can have the secondary compound. The thing is, if you add mast to a test dose of 250, you're probably going to start running into problems with low estrogen because you've not got a lot of room there to maneuver. So really, if you're going to run a test and mass cycle, you're going to have to push the test up a little bit. Um, so it may be worth just doing a higher test cycle first on its own, and then moving into the test and something else cycle that you, you were originally discussing at this point. I could see that. I could see that for sure. It's just there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth room from 250 milligram of test only. Yeah, to 400, say. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you state it that way, I feel like adding, so doubling the test and then also bringing in DECA, those are two very different levers that you're pulling. And you're mm -hmm. not familiar with pulling either of those levers. That to me, then, it sounds like if you wanted to be extra careful, maybe not the DECA. Especially. I would I, I would do a four to 500 test only. And then... If I was moving on from that, I mean, I love Decker, but if I was moving on from that with this particular individual, I'd probably look at a test and mass cycle off the back of that. I could see that. I could see that. That sounds good to me. All right. I think we got a couple more. Let me see if there's anything in the live stream. I think we do. Oh, look at your good friend, Jason Cork is with us. Has he been to, Hi, the, new, has he been to the new labs yet? Nobody has. I haven't even been to the new bloody labs yet. No, no, no. Like to eval here, you know, your eval office, the new office. Oh, yes. Yes. Jay's been up. Yes. Yes. Uh, Matt Blevins, what is the bare minimum of anabolics to keep muscle mass while on a cut? Depends how harsh your cut is. I would have said that you can maintain on TRT to an extent, depending on how well developed you are. Mm. Or uh, at least a high TRT. Yeah, you don't need a um, No. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm mean, not training at all at the moment. I'm not allowed till till January. But uh, I'm dieting. I'm not losing any muscle. And I am literally just on TRT. And I've dieted quite hard, to be fair, uh, as reflected by the loss of weight. Um, so I don't think... I think where muscle starts to become an issue in the sense of holding on to it is when you start getting single digit body fat levels. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's when you start to see that muscle tissue threatened where above that, so 10% and above 
Um, you're unlikely to really have much risk to muscle mass unless you're being a complete dick with your approach to diet and training. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're doing it right, you can still eat a good amount of food and get fairly lean. Mm. I found it's in that last little phase when you're trying to push for the like the final look, you know, the, the mm. getting the that deep dugout separation that you're already dieting hard. You've already had to say, turn the cardio up to, you know, you're turning all the levers up already and mm -hmm. you've gotten into a really good shape. And now you need to go beyond that. That means that you're going to have to eat even less, you know, do even mm -hmm. more work. I, I think that is, I'm 100% with you. That's that place where you really, you risk, potentially losing muscle. I would say there was one time on a contest prep that I personally know that I lost muscle. I was competing in the low 190s. I took an off season for 18 months and I came back. I was in shape again in the 190s, but I kept dieting and I said, I just want to see what happens. I dieted for like two months more hard and I stepped on stage. I weighed in that morning at 181. I know I lost muscle for that because like normally you fill back out. Within a couple of weeks, yeah. you're like bigger than you were, you know, before that. Yeah. You, you look good. I've even seen people and myself grow muscle through a prep, um, especially in the earlier stages of, of contest mm. prep when your physique isn't as big yet and you're consistently getting all that food in for 20 weeks or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But this time, that particular time, it took it took months and months and I still wasn't the same size as before. So I don't know. All right. Looks like there was one more uh, from Brian. Uh, he says, uh, morning, guys. How? hope you're feeling better, Dave. And then he says, uh, adding DECA for the first time after running a couple test-only cycles, 300 to 400 milligrams. Uh, what difference do you think adding 300 to 400 DECA in addition to the test, which will also be three to 400, it sounds, um, what sides should I uh, look out for um, different from test only. Well, I'd say you're going to need some estrogen management in there. Yeah, he said he didn't need doubt. an AI uh, for the test only cycle. I wonder what his estrogen was there. Yeah, but I think you're going to need it with a Decker. Um, I think that'll be the straw that breaks the camel's back estrogen wise. Hmm. Um, and if you manage your estrogen, you should have no issues with prolactin. But if you don't, then you're going to get prolactin issues as well. I'd start P5P a couple of weeks before, 500 milligrams a day. Um, I'd actually do some testing so you know where your levels are. I appreciate, I mean, I, I think some people think, oh, Dave, God constantly goes on about testing because he does it. It's not that. It, it's the, the numbers give you information that feeling doesn't give you. Yeah, we know when estrogen is how we do it, but you can't tell the difference between estrogen levels being 250 PMOL or 200 PMOL. You just know they're up. Yeah. Um, so getting some testing data starts to give you a picture of how you react and where your limits and thresholds are for problems occurring. So I don't see an issue with the dosing. I'd probably stick the Decker at 300. Um, but I do think there'll need to be an AI in there, definitely. Okay. Okay. Last question for you, Dave. What are you going to do in Jamaica? Fuck all. Yeah, but I am gonna, I am gonna try and not be a fat bastard. You're gonna try to like uh, not eat a lot, and, like overdo it. You're saying? 
I'm just going to try and be sensible, yeah. Uh, I'm going to put some weight on. I know I am, but I don't want to come back, you know, a stone and a half heavier and have to start all over again. So Yeah. There's a lot of really good fresh fish in the Caribbean. Mm. So, mm. like, definitely get some fish. You could probably get some good lobster there. Like, there's some good food down there, man. I'm not a fan of shell food. No? Okay. No, it's far too much effort to get the food. Okay. It's just like hard work. It, you know, I mean, you spend all that time digging around at a crab or a lobster to get the meat out of it, and it's just like, oh, that's too much fucking effort. I want to eat. I don't want to fight my food. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, uh, so it's not the taste or anything. It's just literally the fact that I have to, you have to work so fucking hard to get the food out. No, it's not that. Yeah. The tail, lobster tail isn't too tough to... Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's not. But, you know, it's like crab. Fuck, you know, you're sat there smashing crab open to try and get the meat out of it, and then you only get a scudgy little bit of meat out of it. And it's just, oh, you're burning calories, though. While you're trying, you know, you're burning calories, yeah. Dave. It's all evening out. It's like a calorie-free food. Too much work. Way so, too much work. I found the food in the Caribbean in some countries isn't as great as others, but the seafood across the board, there, there is good foods there, but especially the seafood. Uh, I used to, I've really enjoyed uh, conch, cracked conch fritters where they take the conch and then they like, it's, it's in a, it's not healthy for you. It's like in a batter and they deep fry it and you get these crunchy little bites, dip them in some sauces and stuff. They're, they're good. Well, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the food selection will be more than adequate, but I am going to try and actually be quite sensible. Are you staying at like an all-inclusive or what are you doing? Oh, damn right, yes. Okay, so they're going to have all sorts of food there. They're going to have a lot of food then. Yes. Yeah, five five restaurants, I think. Are you planning any um, any events while you're there, like any sightseeing tours or anything like that? Yeah, we're going to Blue Mountain. We're going to ah. Appleton Rum, Rum Place. We're going to – actually, Christmas Day, we go to Rick's Cafe on Christmas Day in the grill. What's Rick's Cafe? Rick, Rick, Rick's Cafe is supposedly um, the best sunset in the world. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, whether I, you could argue that it's, but it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's reported as being the best. Um, and they do cliff diving at Rick's Cafe as well. You know what you're going to get out there? You're going to get some amazing coffee. Is what you're going to get. Like the thing bomb. is, last time I went. Last time I went to Jamaica, a Blue Mountain coffee was literally a couple of dollars a bag. Oh, really? Um, it was next to nothing. It was so cheap. Yeah. Now, I believe it's like fucking $60 a kilo. Oh, shit. Um, which is a bit of a shitter, but I will definitely be bringing some Blue Mountain back without doubt. Even like restaurant coffee and hotel coffee, it's all going to be real. Well, you know what? You guys have great coffee over there in the UK. So, you know, you're used to that, but it'll be different. You know, it'll be good. Um, yeah, well, apparently the hotel has a 24-hour cake and coffee bar. Okay, okay. So that could be a problem for your fat loss goals. <laughs> I'm not a big cake fan. I, I'm not a big sweet tooth. I wait, mean, wait, I, wait. I'm, who's the guy who's saying send cakes? Every week on the podcast, you tell our listeners to send you cakes, Dave. I know, but actually, genuinely, I'm not actually a sweet tooth. I, I am more of a savory tooth. I like stuff like pork pies and sausage rolls. And- oh, yeah. I get down with that. Things like that. I get down with that. Those sausages, those that we had at that restaurant, the breakfast sausages, those pork the sausages. The one that you took home with you and then didn't eat. I was too full. 
It was, I, but that's how much I wanted it. I was like, fuck, I got to take this thing with me. And then it, you know, obviously went bad sitting in the car all day. So yeah, I fucking carried a sausage around all fucking day. <laughs> all right. And, <coughs> and you did say you're going cliff diving too. So that should be an adventure. Um, <laughs> yeah, di- di- diving might be a little bit of a trade, you know, description faux pas. I don't think yeah, we could class that as diving. Cliff bombing, maybe, but definitely not diving. They could get you like a, you know, with the right angle, you could just stand on like our little rock ledge that's like one foot away from the water and they can shoot the picture at you up and not show the water. And you just go like this, like you're getting ready to launch and be like, you know, uh, hashtag free spirit. I had the best time in Jamaica. Cliff diving was amazing. <laughs> you could do that. I think I'll rather sit on the balcony at, at Rick's and watch. It sounds like a good plan. Well, listen, man, I'm glad that you're starting to feel better. Um, although mm-hmm. I did like the nicer Dave that was grateful for his life and all that stuff, uh, who wasn't mean to me. Uh, I am I am glad that you're doing better. I'm not mean to you. <sighs> okay. Look, you so you go on here and you you give this our uh, Dave bully me's Dave's mean to me. Please explain to the viewers about <laughs> The text messages, Scott. What text messages? Why didn't you die, you fat bastard? I wish you died. <laughs> do Why I have are to bring up? Alive? Do I have to bring Thieves up our text chain? Than you. Do you have to bring up our text chain? Because I'll show everybody every conversation we've had as proof. We'll screen cap. Yeah, that you're such an horrible bastard to me. No, we're glad this you're is better. What I have to put up with. This is what I have to put up with, and then people wonder why I'm grumpy. We're glad you're better. I I hope you guys have a fantastic time. I know that you will. Uh, we're getting ready to go to the Olympia, so we'll be gone next week as well. Uh, and then after that, we'll, I guess, reconvene probably like after the holidays, I'm guessing, because then Christmas is there. So who knows well, what's going to happen next? I'm quite happy to do a podcast out on the beach and waving at you from the sunshine and sand and sea. So <laughs> crack on, mate. All right. Well, when I get back and get set back up, I'll hit you up, see where you're at. And uh, guys, we appreciate everybody tuning in. As we mentioned in the beginning, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our content yet, we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. We'd love to have you along for all of them. Be sure to hit the bell. A lot of people haven't hit the bell, and so you don't you don't find out when our stuff comes out. Um, also, go to our, our fantastic advertisers, including evalbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. You can go to uh, Strong Sports Nutrition to get good health and performance supplements in the UK. You can go to supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. They have great blowout deals <coughs> that, cha- that change week to week. I'm going to get Dave some vitamin C from Supplement Source so that he can recover uh, from his cough. I hope you do recover from that, by the way. Uh, quickly, I'll be fine. Because now you're getting ready fine. to go on vacation, man. Well, it'll be good. You get to relax. Uh, and of course, truenutrition.com. Use our title sponsor. Use our code THINK. They have great supplements, great prices too, especially with the prices of protein nowadays. They basically have like a wholesale thing going on. So use our code THINK at additional savings. And if you buy more than seven pounds of protein, you also get another 5% off. So anyway, Dave, hope you have a great time, man. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy the Olympia. Thank you for another episode of Drugs and Stuff, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye, Christmas cabbage. Have fun. Neat one.